damn fool. Hello and welcome to the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Sons of the Dragon. Daniel Thomas Rand. I'm one of the hosts, Carl Stout, joined by another one of our hosts, Rebecca Hart. Yay, everyone's favorite. And Kitchen. <laughs> and her new cat. Yes, my new cat, too. So if you hear me say anything stupid like, don't do that, or hello, baby, it's because he's on my desk. And, likely, and he likes chewing headphone cables. So it's all good. It's all good. Um, hey. So Comic-Con this week. So clearly there's going to be news for us to talk about first before we get into this exciting issue of Power Man and Iron Fist. And we it's not just action figures. It's not just action. Were there any action figures in there? I don't think. I don't think they were for them. I know there's that big set on sale, but um, I don't think they think. I think the latest Marvel Legends stuff. It had some AIM scientists in. That's all I really remember. Um, the ones that were announced yesterday. So first of all, I guess the biggest news was that we have a date for Iron Fist season two, which is yes. Friday the seventh of September. So. Probably a bit earlier than we expected. I think we knew it was going to be this year. People weren't 100% sure. Now people debating if we're going to get Daredevil in December um, or when. So it's, it's all exciting. Um, I don't know. You might want to skip ahead a few minutes if you don't want to hear anything about it apart from that. Because we also know who one of the villains is going to be. Um, and that's uh, Typhoid Mary played by Alice Eve, who was in a Star Trek film and was also in Before We Go with Chris Evans. And I like her a lot. So I think that'll be good. Uh, We have a comment from Connor, who couldn't be with us today, uh, about Typhoid Mary. So she's a great villain, but she's very specifically a Daredevil villain. I'm worried about her being solely an Iron Fist and wasted by not being put into Daredevil. Uh, It's very likely Iron Fist will tie into Daredevil, so is that. Um, What are your thoughts on Typhoid Mary, Carl? Do you have any thoughts on Typhoid Mary? Uh, She's not my favorite. And wasn't... So, I'm going to guess the whole Lady Gorgon thing was just a smokescreen? I'm thinking so, but I think it's kind of... As I said said when we were chatting about it briefly, I think it would be nice to have maybe not a hand-related villain. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we know Davos is going to be in it. Davos is going to be in it, by the way. If anyone was worried that he's not, he's definitely the whole cast are returning. Oh. Um, they also made mention of Daughter of the Dragon, so we're not only going to have Misty appearing in a substantial amount, we're definitely going to see her and Colleen working together. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it looks like it's all beginning to go a bit more comic-y. I, I mean, like... I said it to Connor at the time as well. I mean, like, we've got to remember where we left off Danny at the end of Defenders. He's kind of looking after the city for Daredevil. So it makes sense that he'd get a Daredevil villain. Um, right. Because, and you've also, you know, like, the way that the Netflix shows have previously been done is they've kind of been split into two halves of, like, deal with one villain, deal with another. 
Uh, and we also don't know that he's going to deal with her enough for her not to appear in Daredevil. So there's a lot we don't know. And having them shoot at the same time means there could be a lot of, not subterfuge, but you know what I mean? Like, she could easily be in Daredevil as well. We just don't know. But, it, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I've tried to take the day off work, which I forgot to do for Luke Cage season two. <laughs> so, which I feel terrible about. <laughs> don't worry. It's the only one I've not, the only one I've not taken the day off work for because I just, I usually have to give them months of notice. And this time I sort of emailed straight in and was like going, is Iron Fist going to have the day off? So hopefully I will. Oh, they understand. My my, the person who does our schedule is a big Marvel fan. So um, there you go. Get in. Yeah, yeah. It's, and and usually people are quite good about switching shifts. So that's the first bit of big news. And we would love to hear anyone's thoughts on that. The second bit of big news is that we are getting both an Iron Fist and a Daughters of the Dragon comic. Hooray! But they're going to be like the new Jessica Jones one that came out that was stealth published last week. They are going to be double size issues that appear uh, monthly on Comixology. So the digital only, double the size of normal, uh, more expensive than a single issue normally. Um, But then as soon as the third month's over, they drop as a trade in in paper, obviously. Um... So it's kind of a little experimental new publishing thing. Uh, there's also going to be a Luke Cage one, so we should probably... <laughs> the Luke Cage one is by Anthony Del Col, and the art's Janoy Lindsay, and cover Declan Shelby. The Iron Fist one's called Iron Fist Phantom Limb. Uh, it is by Clay McLeod Chapman, Clay McLeod Chapman and Guillermo Sanna. And I will give you the summary for that one because we're an Iron Fist podcast, so I don't feel I need to summarise the Luke Cage one. Uh, A darkness is spreading through New York, something evil that preys on those who believe in the supernatural and the occult. And when palm readers and fortune tellers start turning up dead, the situation catches the attention of Danny Rand, a.k.a. the Iron Fist. Seem to have taken Immortal out there. Uh, And this might be uh, one paranormal problem too great for even Danny to take on alone. So I quite like that we're getting him staying with the kind of occult side for a little bit. Yeah, we're turning them into Carl Kolchak. You know, I think it's it's something, it's a nice position for him if it means he gets to play with some of the other big boys, Mm -hmm. I think. So, um, and let's have a look at the Daughter of the Dragon one, because I'm going to cover that one as a a line to us as well. Um... (laughs) Jed Mackay and Travel Foreman. <laughs> Travel Foreman is about the only one of all these creators I know anything about. Um, this is... I won't read it all out because someone will get upset if it says they stole the show. Uh, the duo has been fighting crime as the Doors of the Dragon for years, but with Misty's new job with the FBI, does this mean the two are splitsies? Not on your life. A crazy adventure that Colleen initiates puts Comet's two greatest ass kickers on a collision course with weird and scary side of Marvel Universe that will have you on the edge of the sea. It seems like I think the Iron Fist one got a bit of, a better summary, but this, one's, uh, this one could be fun. I don't know. It uh, it sounds a little bit more silly, but um, cause the silly's MVP, okay. Silly can be great, yeah. And uh, Travel Foreman just did the Tales of Suspense with the Winter Soldier and Hawkeye. And his action art is pretty good. So 
I, I you know I wish I could tell you about any of the others, but I really don't know the work of any of the others guys. So yeah, I, um, I think we'll just I mean I'll be getting it. So uh, I don't know what we'll do about summarize about doing it on podcast because I don't know if everyone's going to get it and it's only going to be available on Comicsology. So you have to be committed to buy it when clearly buying it as a trade is the more sensible option. Like honestly, so. But that's the other big news that sort of came from nowhere. <laughs> and I don't think there's been anything else. Except uh, you go to our Facebook page, you'll see the sneak peek trailer and mm-hmm. every other little tidbit that's been dropped since the San Diego Comic Con started. Yes. That's where you should be anyway, hanging out on our Facebook page. What are you like, fools? <laughs> That's where All right, is. now to the actual ancient issue of Power Man and Iron Fist. And I am so happy that they have brought back an old Iron Fist tradition again, starting with this issue. <laughs> What's that one? Well... This is issue 52. Uh-huh. At the end of issue 51, we were told oh, that right, next right, month okay. would be confrontation. <laughs> but it's not. Yet the, yet the cover yeah. of issue 52 clearly states it is Day of the Death Machines. Yeah, it's like Luke versus uh, a truck. However, page one says this issue is a nod is as good as a wink to a dead superhero. So it has lots of titles is what we're saying. We're back to three titles per book. Well, you know, there's a lot of content. So this is interesting as well because this one has Claremont doing the plot but Ed Hannigan writing it. Yes. So you don't often see that split. So that's kind of an interesting one. Uh, then Mike Zek on pencils and Ricardo Villamonte on inks. Uh, Jim Novak letters, Nell Yontov on colors, and Jim Shooter editor. Yeah, this is Claremont uh, walking away from the book. Yeah, so he clearly gave someone his outlines, basically. Because I think issue 53 actually might list him as subplotting or something, and then he's not... It gets less and less and less. Let me see what it says here. No, it still says plot. Hmm. All right. So, as Rebecca said... The cover is Luke Cage versus a vehicle. He's shoulder-checking himself into the front grill, lifting it right off the ground, and the engine exploding out from under the hood. Mm. Very dynamic cover, almost three-dimensional. Yeah. Great artwork. Big red road. And on page one... We have the very large and in charge, also dressed in green. Mm-hmm. Green must have been very popular. <laughs> must have been a cheap ink, that month. 
Oh yeah, he's back back where we were before. Don't move a muscle or the little lady gets it. That's Joy. We're back at Joy's penthouse. She's got a gun pressed to her head. Iron Fist is held captive by two goons. And the big boss man is boss wants Lord. to find out who's cut into his business and he has In no, no move to take any bull. Especially from superheroes. Who are known for their bull. <laughs> and wacky number one is like, hey boss, I can kind of feel him tensing up. That sounds very dodgy. Oh, for the double scorpion blow. Danny bops them both in the face. He looks quite happy to have done it though. Yeah, he actually is. That's not quite the uh, face of joy. No, but it's a face of determination and kind of smug joy. Like, I pulled off my move. Woohoo. <laughs> and uh, the two goons don't look really too happy. No, they, they look pretty sad. Both got popped in the nose. Like, and, another, uh, Danny's costume could be any colour in that panel. And uh, we've got some of more inner, inner monologuing by Danny. Yeah. I've come here for the same reason Morgan has, to find out who's building these racket-busting cybernauts. But I won't endorse the tactic of endangering a woman, even though Joy Meachin hates Iron Fist's guts. I won't have her blood on my conscience. So whack! He kicks the trophy or a statue It's like off a monkey statue people. or something. It's weird. It is. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. He even takes half a second to ensure absolute accuracy. And it catches the guy with the gun to Joy Meach's head yeah. square between the eyes. And he drops the gun and her. And Iron Fist swoops her up. And he's like, I gotta get you out of here. What are you doing to me? Blash, she still thinks of me as a killer. What does it take? You may find out, young dragon, the hard way, says the little no. caption. Yep. After the jive turkeys, I'm through being civilized. So we have to kill them to bring them back, then kill them. And we cut to the next room where Danny's barricading the door, saying it won't keep people for them for long, but it should delay them. Give me time to get you to cover, Miss Meacham. And she's, what did she say? How noble. Hero. Hero. And she's still angry. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, she can look after herself. As far as I'm concerned, you're as much threat to me as Morgan's killers. You're as a killer too. And he's like, I'm sorry you feel that way while like ducking her out of the way of a uh, gunshot. Yeah, gunshots uh, blowing through the door. He just bar barricaded. Yeah. Well, he's had enough of her crap. He gives her the Vulcan nerve pinch. Yeah, he pretty much gives her the Vulcan nerve pinch and says, sleep with me, Jim. And then a moment later... Smash! The goons break through the door that Danny had barricaded. Yeah. And they yeah, see Danny is. running up the stairs with Joy Meacham thrown over his shoulder. <laughs> 
they reckon she's fainted, so they say don't bother right. shooting. And we he re- realised he's only the only place he's got to go is the roof. Right. <laughs> so he's trucking along with Joy over his shoulder, and he's there like, damn, how can you run so fast carrying someone? And then you find out it's fake. It's just a apparently a wig and a. Yeah, I don't like, know whether we found a quick wig, but whatever. Yep. He and did. He jumps in and starts kicking butt. Well, again, monologuing. Yeah. <laughs> About how good his fighting is. Which is yeah, true well, in this case, it is far superior. And uh, unlike certain Netflix commercials. Mm-hmm. And then he's rude enough and he goes, oh, well, it was a good workout anyway. <laughs> Um, but then says he better finish them up quick so she can uh, he go wake up Joy or get Joy once she's woken up. Um, so he's fighting them and they're all he's getting them all. Mister Knifey shows up. Ah uh, yes. Takes a stab at Danny who completely sidesteps the attack and the guy goes to fall off the roof. And Danny, being a superhero, can't let that happen. No, he has to grab him by the arm. Save me, please. Got him. Now if I can just hold him. The guy's dangling, and another goon comes up from behind him with a gun. He's like, well, well, if it ain't the Kung Fu Kid, I'll set up for ventilating. But, hey, Joey, it's me hanging down here. Don't shoot, I'll fall. Well, ain't that a shame. Too bad we never got along, Billy. If I let the Kung Fu guy pull you up, he'll cream both of us, Morgan told me, on your way out if you screwed up again. So he takes the knife he was holding for Danny and throws it past Danny's face into the other guy's shoulder, making him drop the gun. <laughs> yeah! Iron Fist says, Billy's not so inept after all. Come on, <laughs> superhero, pull me up. Uh, and of course so, he does. Of course. Danny pulls them up, and then the guy tries to kill him. So they have a fight. So Danny please blows, uh, lands a quick blow to the guy's chin with his foot, knocking him out as he almost falls off the roof. He pulls himself back on the roof and goes back downstairs while our big boss man is in her mon- monologuing. Yeah. It don't add up. That Joy meets you straight, not like your spineless Uncle Ward, but I've done business with him. He's not slick enough or smart to pull off that robot scam. And ain't that fancy pants iron fist dude showing up? My street ears told me he's he and Cage were asking about the robots too. Hmm, I ain't heard any gunshots yet. Morgan Oh no, I should have guessed. You got it. Your high-priced gunslingers blew it badly. I've got a piece of information for you and a piece of advice gratis. The first first advice, when you came to Ram Meacham, you're barking up the very wrong tree. The second, get out. He's so forceful. And then we get Joy wakes up again and starts offering to pay money. I'll pay one million, two million, ten million. Just do it. Kill him. Morgan's no fool. No thanks, lady. I made my 
bundle. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of retiring. This dude took out my best muscle without raising a sweat. You want him dead so bad, there's a piece right here. Me, I'm getting out of here before the ambulances arrive. Morgan's doing more complaining. Last you iron fist, I hate you. Mm -hmm. I'll do anything to make you pay for my father's death. To be and fair, you will know, pay. One day, you will. She does still think he's responsible for her father's death. Even though it's been proved like 17 times by now, he hasn't. Well. She's stubborn. She's about to find out anyway, so. Uh, anyway, so he's in a monologuing about her poor situation. Um, he goes, if you, wanted it bad, if you want to kill me so badly, why don't you do it yourself? Um, I didn't kill your father, you know that. So when I found him at last, I didn't want to kill him. She's like, liar. And he's, while I was seeking vengeance, at least I intended to do this deed myself. Here's your chance, take it. And he hands her a gun. After he makes sure it's loaded, he hands her the gun. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely, yep. He gets it cocked and ready and hands it over. And she's like, I'm going to call your bluff, mister, with pleasure. You may not have killed Harold Meacham, but he lived in terror for ten years, waiting for you to come for him. And Danny's like, look, his terror was born of the guilt he had for murdering my father. When I finally met him, he begged me to kill him. He tried to force me to do it at gunpoint. And there's the little side things. You're calm, despite the muzzle aimed at the dragon brand. Blah, blah, blah. They carry on fighting. Blah, blah, blah. If your father hadn't killed my father, I'd never have come back from Kunlun. Harold Meacham would have had the corporation without killing for it. Enough ifs. And Joy suddenly, like, you know, after a few panels of them going back and forth about blah, 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 I'll kill my father. Joy says, no, I won't do it. It's a meaningless, senseless circle. She puts the gun down and she finally knows what you felt, says Danny's inner monologue. Uh, well, not in a monologue, but caption. Um, and they hug. Well, they don't hug. I think she just collapses on him in tears. Yeah, she breaks down. Yeah, it's 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 less of a hug. But he seems to awkwardly put his hands around her. And it looked very. Uh, and each half of Van Meacham can finally accept the other's existence. Says our captain. Yeah. And then we switch too. Late evening. Wing restoration. On West 72nd Street. In the gate, in the quiet darkness of the Nightwing Restoration's office. Oh, we got Luke. What's he doing? He's technically an employee of theirs. He's going through the books trying to figure um, out what has happened to Misty. Oh, All he can find is the word Shreve written in her appointment book. Simon Shreve, I know him. If Misty thought he was something to do, has something to do with our case, she might have gone looking for him and found out she was right. So then we go to where Mr. Shreve and a lady friend are walking down the street and Luke's in the background. Shreve! Hey, bro, mind having a little rap with me? You know, the weather, the horses, a certain lady detective we both know. Mm. Luke Cage, power man. I'm not playing no games with you, dude. Not while I can just split while he makes for his giant purple Cadillac. 
with leopard skin. Oh, yeah, it's, it's fully hideous. <laughs> so he gets in the car and he guns it straight for Luke. And Luke's not even sure if he can handle the blow of this size car. So he's preparing to jump, yet the road gives way underneath him, causing a sinkhole. So he has to brace himself and he shoulder checks the front end of the car, not knowing if he's even going to survive it. Yet he does, via the cover, artwork. Yep. <laughs> rips the car to pieces, pulling Shreve out. He says, need any more convincing? I'll talk, I'll talk. Much obliged. And then we see Mr. Shreve taking Luke to where he dropped him. Misty night off at the Liberty Tower Project. And Luke is already noticing the place is shut down and shady, but it's got brand new security cameras up. Yep. And he knew Shreve would lead him into a trap. And say no more. The elevator doors open and a whole slew of them crummy cybernauts come pouring out. Yep. He's like, damn. I had Danny with me last time, and we barely could handle three. And now I got eight to deal with myself. So he decides to form a little plan. He's going to hold back, let him throw a whooping on his ass, and he's going to prevent he's out cold because he's pretty sure they're going to drag him up to the boss and he can get some answers. Which seems to be a good plan because it's exactly how it plays out, and they start pulling him up. Uh, and he dumps him in front of the boss. Here you are, boss. Sign, seal, delivered. Uh, so, Night Shade asks who it is. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Rossum, Rossum's like, that's the hero for hire, my dear Luke Cage. We heard he was working with Misty Knight here. Thank you. Uh, and she's like, is he okay, lover? While Misty's like, oh, Luke, they got you too, in a monologue. She doesn't say it. Um, but Rossum very quickly works out that Luke's pretending to be unconscious um, and tells him to get to his feet and slaps him across the face. Um, and Luke's in a monologue is like, oh, I know who this is now. It's R.U. Rossum, the fat cat businessman who blew up the town, blew into town a year ago. No one knows where from. Blah, blah. And he's super strong, apparently. Apparently. Even impressed Luke with his backhanded blow. But that's not stopping Luke from springing into action. Yeah, straight into Power school. Man ain't holding nothing back. <laughs> so he goes straight into the goons, but this time he realizes instead of busting up his hands, trying to bust them up, he's just going to grab one of them and use them as a weapon. And he starts smashing one of the goons into the others, making them fall apart. And Daddy Nightshade says she's going to sneak up to the console in a monologue, gets upset about him beating up the uh, her babies, and says she's going to sneak up to the console... Uh, but Misty grabs her first and says, no way I'm letting you get to those controls. Um, and Nightshade starts whining that Misty's hurting her. It's a chunky poo. Yeah, I left that out. It's hideous. So, um, no problem, <laughs> my dear. Blossom so comes up behind and grabs Misty. Yeah, but she's like, ah, he's in for a surprise. I've got a bionic right arm in his fat gut. 
Um, but she tries it, and he doesn't even feel it. While Nightshade hits uh, something on the control panel. It says a stud, but let's not go there. <laughs> As massive steel doors slide open to reveal... Lord, two more robots. Real mothers, too. They must be nine feet tall each. I sure hope they ain't rigged to talk, too. (laughs) I love the caption that says, they're not Luke, but that's the least of your worries. As he, of course, tries to punch one, he's like, no good. The same deal as the robot thug, except these bruises are harder. (laughs) One picks him up by the shirt, Right hooks him dead in the face. But doom, one punch sends Tower Man flying across the room, out cold on the floor. Nightshade's like, that's enough, big boys. Fine job. Now we'll take permanent care of both troublemakers. And uh, the robot and Chunky Poo... (laughs) drag or carry Luke and Misty outside and now a short time later two automobiles leave the Liberty Tower hideout it's a quick trip over the George Washington Bridge to the New Jersey Palisades because that's where you dump a body in New Jersey it's like a fact stretching 12 miles along the Hudson these sheer rock walls rise about 350 to 550 feet over the river it's the spot for a cliffhanger. And she's having them load them into another car and buckle them in. They're both unconscious, but Misty wakes up and to no avail is stuffed into the car, shackled in and yeah, pushed well. over the edge so hard the air actually takes flight from the robots. One might have... One mighty heave sends the vehicle flying off the cliff like a four-wheeled rocket. It arcs high, and Mistine Cage and a couple tons of Detroit iron plummet towards the bottom of the river and doom as Misty is screaming, No! But next, next iron, iron fist uncaged. Hurrah! So that's a pretty good issue. Yes. A bit silly, yeah. but... Yeah. It's it's quick. Very it has action. It is coming together as what is actually going on. I think we're getting yeah. some hints on Mr. Chunky Poo there. <coughs> we have um, the resolution with Joy. Yep. Our work is decent. Not the best, but nowhere near the worst. Yes. I like these initial issues when they're sort of getting the team together kind of thing properly. And it just, it, it flows. It, does, it doesn't stop. There's no dead ish pages in the issue where it's like, oh, why did they throw this? It's just filler. Yeah. It's a story from start to finish, and it, and it works. And yes, it's, it unfortunately is dated, but... Yeah, but like you can't read a comic that isn't like you can't read a comic that's dated and not expect it to be dated. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know it wouldn't be written like that now, and it probably wouldn't be quite the same as that. Um, but I actually think it holds up quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of action, and you know, 
I mean, yeah, it's fun. There wasn't too much to laugh about, to mock. There was no shirtlessness. I think I should point that out. Since I Don't worry, it. Rebecca, there's always next issue. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, always get it, I always get it mentioned, so, you know, like, I figured I should note in this case, there is none. They're just in or, their actual costumes. I was just disappointed at the lack of jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to find some more clothes that we all call different names to throw in there. Um, yes, I even had some stuff to go with, and Connor, unfortunately, is still sick, so I can't bring up the fact that I was watching a YouTube video on ramen noodle hacks by a guy in Australia and he's calling the flavor packet or pouch as we call it here a satchel we call them sachet which I which I found uh, interesting yeah we wouldn't call so that. you're sachet yeah I can't even talk so we're we're pouch or packet, your sachet, yeah. and their satchel. Seems like I, I've not heard the satchel, but I'm perfectly willing to believe it. Well, he actually does. As now that I think about it, he calls calls it both. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. We have, you know, the, um, yeah, we we packets. We have tend to be bigger. Like if we call something a packet, it'd be bigger. And uh, what was the other one you said? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, pouch. Yeah, pouch would be huge. Flavor pouch. No, yeah, I can't imagine a flavor pouch. Sometimes they're advertised right on the outside. This includes flavor pouch. Well, I mean, it's even different in the United States on certain things. Well, it's it's the same in the UK. I mean, we have for like fizzy drinks. I think I grew up calling them fizzy drinks. But some people call them pop, and some people call them soda. And yep, same thing here. You know exactly. And we, and we have we have an entire region that calls all soda Coke. I'm no sure there's a lot of people that call all soda Coke as well. But you're right; that's it's not a regional thing here. It's crazy. crazy. It is crazy. Yes. Hopefully Connor will be with us next time for the end of this arc. I believe it's the end of the arc. Yes. I think we're talking about a three-issue arc. Um, don't think there'll be any more news from Comic-Con directly related to Iron Fist now. Who knows? Um, but we should get the solicits next week. Uh, just just to waste time, October. what did you think of Shazam? Of the trailers? Um, yes. I thought it was all right. I thought it looks like it could be fun. It, it looks like they might have taken their their stab at the, what Ant Man has done for Marvel. But like, but what has Ant Man done for Marvel? That's why I didn't understand about that comment. It's like because Marvel already had humor films. Well, yeah, but it's more I, straight up. I think I, Ant Man is more that. straight up humor. No, I understand that, but I don't. I don't think it changed the MCU. Do you know what I mean? I love Ant Man. It's like right up there in my top tier of, of MCU films. So I'm not dissing Ant Man. I just don't think that the MCU had a kind of. I still think across the board. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I think Shazam looks fun, and it has to be fun. If it's not fun, then it's not Shazam. Mm-hmm. I think it's really bizarre that it releases a month after Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh. Because you, it's 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 almost like it's been set up just to make the that type of DC person and that type of Marvel person fight 
over these two films, um, which is unnecessary. And I, I get that the scheduling wasn't just from DC's side here. I think Marvel, because Marvel, I think moved Captain <coughs> Marvel to be on International Women's Day. <clears throat> but I worry about that because I like watching all of I go watch them all. And I like, while I haven't enjoyed DC films so far as much as I've enjoyed Marvel films, I go wanting to enjoy them all to the same level. Mm-hmm. So, I will see them both, but it just tires me out that constant, you know, slog of like, oh, well, you you like Marvel? I obviously I like Marvel more film or comics, but it doesn't mean I I don't enjoy the other ones and genuinely enjoy them when they're good. It's like I love James Bond films, but I still enjoy Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like um, it's just one I grew up with, and one I didn't. Um, so, but no, I thought, I thought the trailer did its job, it definitely sold the film to me, I'm, I'm a bit so-so on Zach Levy, uh, as a person, <laughs> but, uh, I think he's a good actor, and I think he can pull off that kind of comedic thing, I thought the guy playing Freddy was awesome, very into that, uh, and interesting, with the, I mean, I enjoyed it probably more than the Aquaman trailer, and that's not to say that I didn't like the Aquaman trailer, so... Nobody then pounced on me for being anti-DC for that either. Uh, I thought the Aquaman trailer was gorgeous, but I'm not entirely convinced by some of the dialogue. And yes, I could say that about many Marvel films too, before anyone jumps on me about that. But I'm going to see them both. So, And I'm going to go see Venom, which I have zero interest in, and haven't even seen the new trailer of. So... <laughs> Uh, I'll still go see Neither it. I also not really interested, and in, I do have to agree with the Aquaman trailer. Some of the dialogue that's going on in there, I'm just kind of like, ah. I mean, a friend of mine was like, you know, a lot of people are comparing it with um, saying, oh, it's, they're trying to do a Black Panther. It's one of the worst takes because clearly the films were both in development way before you could say someone saw how well Black Panther did and thought, oh, let's do a royal story. It, it, that's bullshit. Um, so, uh, but somebody else, somebody then commented back that it was a bit more like Thor 1. And dialogue-wise, it felt a bit more that way. But obviously the effects are gorgeous. The underwater stuff and the crocodiles and the seahorses. I think I'd be on Orm's side, is all I'm saying. But I, I'm a massive fan of Patrick Wilson. So uh, we'll see. Again, it, I will go in there hoping it, it, that it's just a bad trailer. Or not a bad trailer, but it's a trailer that highlights lines that they thought were quips and I thought were a bit cheesy. <clears throat> I, you know, like, because you're seeing so little of a film, it's hard to judge. And I, I, it's really hard because the MCU's been so successful for better or for worse, but it means that I don't know how much people are cutting together marketing material to try and say these are the bits that are the most MCU, but they're not, you know, I don't don't know. But I'm going to go in there and see it and hopefully love it. And hopefully it's a whole new world for the worlds of DC, as they are now called, Uh instead of the DCEU. So, and... I shall say on Connor's behalf, hopefully they will announce a Man of Steel too soon. Because I know he would say that if he were here, 
but yeah. possibly with slightly more frustrated, grumpy view of it. But I would like to see Superman again. And have you seen the trailer for Titans? Yeah. Do we have to go there? <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Now, I want everyone to understand I am also a DC fan. I am a huge Batman fan. I don't read all 27 books that he's in every month. I usually just hunt and peck for whatever I think looks interesting. Uh, I have not read every story. I have just always been a Batman fan from back in the 70s. Watched the 66 show with Adam West on reruns and all that. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably kind of there with you. Like, um, Batman was, the Adam West Batman was definitely my introduction to it all. And I've always been more interested in the Bat family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, so from, I, I, I used to, when I worked in the library, I kind of kept up by reading whichever Batman volumes looked interesting again. And then when I got back into it, it was through the time when Dick was Batman. Mm-hmm. So just after Batman R.I.P. and uh, and kind of stuck with that, and then it dropped off it again, came back to it again with Grace, and so it's always been. <laughs> I'm gonna try and say this without making myself sound stupid, but it has always been the Robins because I'm not gonna talk about it in terms of Dick, because um, but I guess that's always that's been my like that's what pulled me in because. I'm not, I don't, Batman's a little bit too edgy, dark for me sometimes, whereas mm-hmm. I really like how he has to interact with this family he's made for himself. I'm less interested in the, oh my God, I've lost my parents, and more into the, how do you make yourself a family? Same as I am with Danny, in many ways. Um, and, so, but I don't really know the Titans as a group. I've not really watched any. I haven't watched the cartoons that everyone adores. Although I did just see the trailer for that in the cinema. And I'm so down for D-Titans Go that I did not under, did not realise I would be that down for it. Um, so I only know some of the other characters, like Beast Boy and Starfire. I only know them from various DC events I've read or bits that have featured the Titans. And I don't know what to make about that, that show. I mean, I just don't know what to make of the trailer. I, I'm finding it harder to have an opinion about things. I just like... They're clearly... It's clearly going for an adult audience by trying to make it sort of edgy or cool or and or. I'm sure it's just the trailer that's... I'm sure that's just how they've made the trailer. The show won't all be in that tone, I would hope. Um, but also, I can't get DC Universe because it's not available outside the US, so I don't really care. Yeah, you guys will probably just get it for free. <laughs> we'll probably either get it for Netflix or, yeah. or get it a year or two later once the problem... The problem is that they'll have sold all the rights to a lot of their shows already to Netflix and Amazon Prime and stuff over here. Like, all the cartoons are on Amazon Prime, which is why I've not watched them because I don't have it um, at the moment. And uh, so they have to renegotiate to get all those rights back. I'm go- I mean, I'm not justicing on DC for making saying it's not worldwide. I'm sure it's a huge issue with negotiating to get these rights back or have them run out. Um, and it's going to be different for every country as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard not to hear about DC Universe and just go, eh, well, it's only it's, it's hardly universe, is it? Um, 
But I don't know, I mean, did it inspire you to get it? Oh, God, no. <laughs> as soon as I saw that trailer, I'm just like, why? Yeah. I mean, why, once again, is DC deep diving into the dark, murky. And I think the problem is it's not that everyone wants everything to be fun and happy and comedy and all the criticisms that are always levels at, at Marvel. It's like, I mean, at the moment, I think people do want to go and see fun films, generally, um, mm-hmm. because the world is a pretty depressing place right now. Um, but I just, I think there's a there's a tone in between. There's plenty of tones in between. I mean, they've, all the CW shows are kind of fairly humorous. They've mm-hmm. had the quips and the... Um, and, like, you know, most of them have been good for bits, not sustained, but it's the same with with other TV shows. When you have that many episodes, it's hard to, to always have it on point. But, like, this is... I think the problem I have with Titans is it's the, they're, they're going to launch with just that one of the new live-action things, right? As far as I know, everything else is going to be cartoons and older films that they've already got in the bank. Mm. Uh, and then we're going to get the other shows like Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing and they just announced um, another one and it's just like I don't know I just I don't know if that's the trailer I would have put out for the show that's going to be the one that but you know shed loads of people are signing up to it so what do we know but it didn't uh, it didn't really grab me either and then the other oddball DC revelation is Joaquin Phoenix being. Uh, the Joker film coming out next week, and film. it's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just do not need to see anything about the Joker ever. <laughs> and like, I understand that uh, that is honestly coming to you from like, I, you, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm female. I think he's an abusive asshole. I don't think he's funny or cool in any way. So I'm fine with like seeing him as Batman's villain, the times I have to see him, but I don't go out and seek Joker stories. Right. So uh, I'm coming, I am the toughest sell for a Joker movie. And I already know I'm going to, like, I, I, as I said previously, I go see them all. I'm obviously going to see it. I love Joaquin Phoenix. He's a great choice for the part. The part. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have zero interest, and I know I'm going to go see it. So, <laughs> but like, I have a cinema. Co- I should also explain to everyone: I pay twenty pounds a month, and I can see as many films as I want. So I am not going and spending like I think it's ten pounds a film here at the moment. So you know, mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going out. I'm not having to make the same choices some people have to make about which films they'll give their money. So when I say I see, if I had to pay for them individually, the ones I wouldn't go to would be Venom and Joker. <laughs> I will say that flat out. All the other ones would still be safe. So. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 still good, right? Yes, I have one slight kind of. They they said um, apparently they said at the panel it wasn't strictly a sequel. I don't understand that. Of course, it's strictly a sequel. Yeah, I don't. I, it I makes don't no sense to me. Like it just, it was like just don't say it. 
And then and then went into this launch about, oh, I don't like sequels because sequels this, that, sequels that. It doesn't really matter what you feel. It's a sequel. And now you've just confused, like, people. Um, no, I'm looking forward to it. like to see how Steve Trevor's in it. Um, looking forward to seeing them all in 80s gear as much as I'm looking forward to all the 90s gear in Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've got some good films next year. Episode 9. Mm-hmm. I'll get that in quickly before while Connor's not here. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to them all. The, the, next year, we thought this year was packed. I mean, cause we also, oh, we also have Edge of the Spider-Verse. Did you see the trailer for that? No. The cartoon Spider-Man looks amazing. And that's November. Is that the, that the one that's going to have Peter Parker in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider-Ham. By the ham. Uh, yeah. All right, now let's let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is um, James Gunn. I don't really want to talk about. It. I mean, we can talk about it in case as it's just happened. But again, uh, I yeah, go on. You you say about James Gunn. You start this yeah. time. Uh, someone apparently I don't actually know who did it. I know Mike Cernovich. Just, some quick research you can find out who took the time to go eight year eight years plus back in history to pull out some rather risque, caseless, uh, pretty much done for the shock value tweets that James Gunn put out. And they posted them all, which has led Disney who give them credit or give them hate because a lot of people are addressing this that of course some people don't feel that he should have been let go by the Disney Corporation for what he did so many years ago and other people have pointed out that he is now part of the Disney family this family is the same family that just fired Roseanne for tweets and they have a, you know, no-no policy. If you do this, you're not going to be involved with us. And well, apparently it's, it's their people, researchers people out it's, it's, it's so complicated. It's like James Gunn, before he ever worked for Disney, had made some offensive comments on jokes and stuff. Well, he says jokes. I, you know, I'm, I can't judge this on a website, on his own personal website, and he apologised for them before he went to work on Guardians. So it's out there, it was known, that was one set. Then apparently there's a set of tweets from later, which he apologised for this week, uh, and they are they are gross. Like, it's not funny. It's not funny even if you're trying to be an edgy guy, like, kind of funny. They are gross, and like horrible but he apologized and they were still like we're still talking like six to eight years ago that they were actually made so i think he deleted the stuff on his website previously and this this week it's about tweets they're dug up by alt writers uh, including mike cernovich who has himself made very offensive comments about rape um in that in saying things like date rape didn't exist and you'll forgive me for not being able to quote the james gunn ones but they are gross not standing up for him in any way. Uh, and uh, he ha- he whipped up the sort of outrage machine. B- 
because they don't like that James Gunn is anti-Trump is what seems to have happened. Disney capitulated because these tweets were pretty horrible and whether they should or shouldn't is now being debated in the social media world. I I think I can say I very much dislike everything James Gunn did other than apologising and I can say I don't agree that Disney should have done that without more of an investigation but I don't necessarily know if I think he should have kept his job. Uh, I do think that Disney are not consistent about how they apply this rule given that they employed Johnny Depp and Josh Brolin, who there's been assault allegations against, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure we could dig up any number of other people. Um, and I think it's a hugely uncomfortable situation all round, uh, which is why I'm saying I don't really have an opinion. I can sort of tell you those are the facts as I know them. Um, and... Who knows? I mean, who knows what else? I mean, there could be other stuff behind it. There might not be. I, it's like, so currently, James Gunn is off Guardians of the Galaxy 3 directing. I mean, he wrote it, so presumably, or was writing it. But I guess this means we don't know if there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Is, is like, if, if we take away everything we view about anything else, that's the outcome for us. As we currently right. do not know the status of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Well, apparently he did already hand in the script. Right, so they've got it written, and every announcement has been that he was off directing it. So Right. And um, the fans are screaming for... Uh, you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've, I've seen... Arsehole, I've seen arsey takes on all sides from DC people, and when I say DC people, I, I mean a very small subject of jerky fans going... Oh, let's grab him to, to do Suicide Squad. Not sure that's the best idea right now, anyway. But yes, he'd do a very good job at it. And, and said, he, <laughs> said he's been offered DC films before. But I, I don't necessarily think employing someone in the middle of some kind of scandal. Because right, cause apparently he was <laughs> also supposed to be doing something with Sony. Right. And that and, is and he, gone now also. Yeah, well, we we certainly know he was going to announce it at Comic-Con and he withdrew from Comic-Con. We don't know if the film's still around, I think. I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't been following it because it bums me out so much because I don't like feeling that I don't have a take on something. But in this case, I don't feel qualified to have a take on it, if that makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it's just horrible all round situation. I don't know when an apology is enough. Like I can't judge that. It's going to be a. It's going to. His apology will be enough for some people and not for others. How offended you are from the by the tweets are going to depend. And, and there were jokes about gay sex and and paedophilia, so I'd say that's the difference with the Roseanne tweets. Is Roseanne's tweets were were racist and about someone specifically, so they're actually attacking someone and in a racist tone and were being made this like this year. His were. He says jokes and were very tasteless and he's apologised for them twice for that sense of humour. But I, I, I can't answer if an apology is enough. Like I said, you, you can see the entire range of, of views, you know, to people sort of saying Marvel shouldn't have sacked him, uh, they should take him back. 
I don't think it's going to happen now because one is a studio like capitulated twice. Uh, the guy Dave Batista who plays Drax said he's not happy with what's happened, so who knows if he'll stay. Um, and Sean Gunn, his brother, has posted very supportive sort of statements saying, yes, he was a jerk, blah, blah, blah. So, it, I, yeah, I just, I'm taking a long time to process this one because I think, I think the whole situation, everything's wrong. Well, I, you went in a completely different direction with that where I was going. Which was, where were you going? I was going that... The fans are screaming for the director of Thor. Oh yeah, they the want Taika Waititi to come back and come yes. do it. Yes, they but want then, him to, to take Gunn's script and take it and run, and they think that will think, save the Guardians. I think honestly, it would be a good it'd be a good idea. I just think that would you take that job if you know the person? I don't know. So, I think we've got a while to watch that one play out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, obviously, Taika Waititi would do an incredible job, but he's also... I mean, as somebody pointed out, his current film is about Hitler. So, the one he's filming right now. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, it's, well, it's a, it's a satire, and it's about mm-hmm. someone whose imaginary friend is Hitler. So, it may be that... Uh, there may be a few issues with that like you know or like the i think the big problem is people weaponizing outrage because you're like mm-hmm. i'm not saying you shouldn't feel outraged about things because obviously we all do feel outraged things about things and, and very different things and that's fine it's just when it i don't know i just it feels like it feels like mob rule and it doesn't and mob rule isn't always wrong i mean Ugh. Mob rule doesn't always end up with the wrong result. I just don't like mm-hmm. mob rule. In the same way as I don't like all the. It's the same way as like Tom King having to have a bodyguard at Comic Con because of death threats against him because of the Batman wedding issue. It's ridiculous. It's like everyone should just grow up. You know, you Batman fans, don't worry. I'm sure DC's version of Mephisto will show up and snap his fingers in a couple of years. <laughs> He doesn't matter because nothing has changed for Batman currently. So, <laughs> but like, no death threats to creators. If you don't enjoy something, don't do it. Don't read it. Don't go to see it. If you enjoy something, do. Don't worry about if other people enjoy it. Everything will be fine. That's my my iron fist wisdom fuel. That's right. Well, thank you for joining us on this uh, flashback issue, and hopefully we'll be back in with the wrap-up of this three-part story in a week or two. Yes, you want to hear how it wraps up. It's exciting. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks, and take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. Any musical images we use belong to their respective copyright holders. We do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, anything you want, really. It doesn't even have to be related to Iron Fist.
If you don't want it read on the air though, make sure you mention that. You can also find us on Facebook, The Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon, uh, hyphens where the spaces are. Our YouTube, Connor Carl. Just search Iron Fist Podcast and you'll find us real quick. We are also on iTunes. If you find us there, give us a review and rate us. If it's less than five stars, please say why so we can improve the show. And we're on Podcast Garden in the literature section. And last but not least, head over to our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Artist Podcast.wordpress.com. That's where I put all the show notes. I'd like to thank Thomas Tissot for composing the Iron Fist theme song we use at the start of our Iron Fist episodes on the podcast. I'd also like to thank Peter John Sikorsky for composing the Power Man and Iron Fist theme we use at the start of our Power Man and Iron Fist episodes. And finally, thanks to you guys for listening. Thank you.